Welcome to the UP Notable Books Club, brought to you by the Upper Peninsula Publisher and Authors Association. Dorothy Pad loves to create, whether it is a song, a dance, a theater production, or book. She doesn't let having cerebral palsy stand in her way. In addition to her work in the writing and performing arts, Dorothy also works as an advocate for individuals with disabilities and caregivers as the spokesperson for the Caregiver Initiative Project. She is an instructional coach for the Northern Michigan University School of Education and is the recipient of an MIUCP, United Cerebral Palsy Association, Closing the Disability Divide Award, and a volunteer with Lake Superior Life Care and Hospice. Dorothy is also a member of the Upper Peninsula Publisher and Authors Association and Marquette Elger Reading Council. All right. Well, we're getting almost to six o'clock. And so what I normally do at this point is I turn it over to Victor. He usually has a few housekeeping announcements because all of you may or may not know this, but Victor, the UPA organization, along with the Crystal Falls Friends of the Library, we share the um, hosting these events. And our, our speakers do get a check. It's not a huge one, but they do get a check for their time. And so uh, we always like to hear what UPA has going on. And I know, Victor, you've got a big month, a couple, the spring is big. You've got a big event coming up, I know, and some other stuff too. So take it away, Victor Volkman. Thank you, Evelyn. Uh, the most important thing coming up is our spring conference, which is gonna be in Marquette on Saturday, June 10th. And uh, you don't have to be a member to join, but we'd sure love you to join if you're a writer, or you've written a book, or you're just thinking about written a book, writing a book, we have something for you at the conference. We have uh, two breakout tracks. We have an extraordinary uh, inspirational keynote speaker who is the Poet Laureate of the UP, Marty Ackett's, and he's going to sing for us. <laughs> so uh, no one will sleep through the keynote, I guarantee. Uh, it, it's only $40. It's the best bargain in Michigan, the entire country. You will not find a better conference for writers anywhere. So I urge you, uh, go to uppaa.org to get more information about our conference and come to Marquette. That's uppaa.org. Now it's time for a little show and tell. Uh, we have here, we have Uper Ale Trails by John C. Stott. Now this is a fun romp through 29 of the, all 29 of the UP's brew pubs and craft breweries. And it's organized so that you can take little mini trips, uh, eight different trips in different parts of the UP and experience the great uh, beer and brewing that has become uh, such a wonderful part of the UP experience. So, uh, and the author John Stott, he's gonna be visiting nine of the breweries in the summer uh, and uh, contact me, I can tell you where he's gonna be. Victor, also, yes. wait, 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 Victor, hold that one up again. I wanna order that for the library. Great. We have it in hardcover too. It's called Uper Ale Trails. Okay. By John C. Stott. John has, has written, uh, this is his fourth uh, book about beer tourism. He is the consummate pro and it is fun to read. It is not, uh, not, uh, it's good stuff. Also, we have a new book by our friend Sharon Kennedy. Side Road Columnist. This is a collection of her best work from uh, the various Gannett papers she's written and uh, lots of stuff about growing up in the UP in the 1950s 
you know, if you read her previous book, The Side Road Kids, this is like the real life story behind that story, story behind the story. And last, before I uh, give it back to Evelyn, is Ooh. lovely UP reader number seven is up with a glorious picture of the Painsdale uh, Minehead on the, on the front cover. This is our biggest issue yet. Uh, we have uh, 40 writers, uh, 66 total pieces. It's poetry, short fiction, uh, memoir, personal essays, all kinds of stuff. And it has all the winners. This is the first time that we have all the winners from the Dandelion Cottage Short Story Contest for UP kids in grades uh, five through 12. So there's six stories, three from the, the senior level, which is grades nine through 12, and three from the junior level, which is grades five through eight. These kids are such amazing creative writers and they're gonna take us down. So <laughs> they're better writers than we are at whatever age we're at. So thank you, Evelyn, and uh, welcome Dorothy and her family. Okay, so for Victor, one question for you before we um, move on to Dorothy's talk. All of those titles there, we can get them through Amazon? Yep, yep. Okay. They're, they're uh, sold by Ingram and most libraries can order through Ingram or Amazon, right? Okay, that sounds great. I will be making our order tomorrow. And I know somebody who's gonna get that brew pub book for Father's Day. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> Father's Day gift. <laughs> and I, I will put this in our email to, that I send everybody tomorrow too, the titles and how to get yeah, it. I'll send you some links to make it easier. Perfect. Okay, so everyone, welcome to our talk tonight. I am so pleased to have Dorothy Pad with us. She is the author of two books. Um, the book that is a UP Notable Book winner is called Dorothy is Moving Mountains. And um, she's got a copy. I've got a copy. If you, if you haven't read this one, it's really a neat book. Um, lots of fun. And her other book is excellent as well, which she'll be talking to about us or talking to us about, along with all the school visits she's been making and different things she's done now that she's become an official author here in the UP. So without any further ado, I welcome you all and um, take it away, Dorothy. Well, hello everyone. And thank you for having me. Um, <clears throat> I'm, uh, this is the first time I've spoken to a book group. I'm used to uh, little ones. <laughs> so this is my first experience in this kind of setting. So, um, but thank you for having me and um, any questions that you have, I'm more than willing um, to answer. And if I can talk about, um, my experiences uh, as an author, um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a relatively new author. In fact, I'm not, uh, I'm still not used to that title yet. <laughs> and I've, ri I've written uh, two, I've written two uh, children's um, nonfiction books and I'm working on book number three. And then when book number three is done, I've got book number four that needs to get edited and, and illustrated. So um, I, I love to write, but I'm the most accidental author on the face of the planet. Um, I, was at, um, <clears throat> I was a student at Northern Michigan University. I kind of, uh, 
I kind of do college in my own way. So I was on a modified program, uh, which means that I take um, uh, lesser uh, credits each semester than a normal, I hate the word normal, but an average um, student due to uh, health limitations, let's just say. And um, <clears throat> so a modified, uh, like I said, I'm on a, I was on a modified program and I was a non um, degree seeking student. I started out in college because I took a dance class at SAIL, which is the Superior Alliance for Independent Living. And when the class was over, I had so much fun that I decided that I wanted to continue in dance. And the, um, the teacher of the class was Miss Joe Grunstrom, who is, uh, who is now she's the director of theater and dance at Northern, but back then she was um, a dance instructor. And she encouraged me um, to take uh, dance. And then that progressed from taking dance into being in the choir. And then it progressed from being in the choir and dancing to uh, being involved in the theater program. So I've been in three plays on stage and oh, that's that, that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, then this darn little thing called COVID came along. And because of, uh, because of the thing, thing called COVID, um, it was, and I am, I was considered in the high risk category um, due to health, it was decided that even after school opened on medical advice, it was decided that um, it would not be wise for me to return to school. And I fell into um, a depression. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend, a mentor, um, and we started because she started um, feeling depressed and isolated on lockdown as well. And we started having um, chats with each other every week um, to boost each other's spirits. So we learned Zoom and uh, we would talk over Zoom. And she's like, I, I would just tell her uh, little inspirational stories that I had that I thought would lift her mood. And she said, Dorothy, I think I see a writer in you, an author. And I'm like, an author? I don't think so. And she's like, I think you could write children's books. And I'm like, I really don't think so. I know how to, I know how to read. Heaven knows I'm a massive reader. I read like tons. <laughs> I could live in the library. That's just me. Um, but I, I was so unsure. But she said... I think you have a book in you and I want to help you uh, write it. So that became the first book, Dance Your Dance, Sing Your Song. <laughs> and then one book has turned into uh, two 
and then two is turned into three and three is turned into four. Um, right now, um, my, my chosen genre is children's nonfiction, but I am working on books uh, five and six, which will be more um, chicken soup for the soul style uh, short stories for adults, but I'm I'm working on those slowly because um, I found writing for adults is a lot more challenging for me than writing for children. Um, but my um, my main um, motivation, other than I found I really enjoy um, writing, is because well, two reasons. One, we live in a time where uh, we need feel-good stories. We need stories that lift us up. And two, uh, <clears throat> when I was a little girl, um, I was the only child in my school with a disability in a wheelchair. Uh, there were no other teachers that I had that I saw, no other adults that used wheelchairs. And uh, importantly also, there were no... Uh, when I would go to the library and check out the million books that I checked out, or I would go to the, to the to school and go to class, there were no books with characters. Like my favorite books were the Berenstein Bear books, mm -hmm. but there were no uh, characters in those books in wheelchairs. So I decided when I, and with this mentor's support and encouragement, I decided when she encouraged me, I saw an opportunity uh, for children to see people that look like me. And that's important for all children, disability or no. If you have a disability, it's important that you see people that look like you because that way you feel more included and more seen. And if they, if they don't have a disability, but they see, um, but they see uh, people, if they don't have a disability, but they see characters like me in books, it can open up really good conversations and um, it can um, teach them uh, disability etiquette for lack of a better word and uh, teach them how to be a better friend. And I, I love kids. I always wanted to be um, a teacher. Uh, classroom teacher. I always wanted to teach the little ones. And while that has not worked out in the traditional path, that's what I'm doing. And I enjoy it so much. And now I am a instructional coach at the NMU School of Education, um, invited by um, Dean Lubick. Uh, I go in and I um, I go into the third year teacher education children's literature class and uh, I talk to them not only about children's literature, obviously, because I am an author, but I also talk about 
inclusion, what it is, what it's not, my experiences in the special education system in uh, public school, which was not always uh, the what it could have been. It wasn't always the most pleasant and enjoyable um, experience. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. <laughs> I just want to start, Dorothy, by giving you a couple of compliments about this book in particular. Okay. I say my favorite part is when they go shopping. You know, I was at a school today and that was the children's favorite part was going shopping. <laughs> I think I think that's just so important. I mean, like, you know, you don't you don't miss anything. And then this other part towards the end, you know, when she's when you say down they went it was fast but Dorothy wasn't scared it was fun was she perfect no but that was okay did she fall yes but she wasn't hurt she got up and kept going you know that's just a great I mean I don't know that should be on a t-shirt or something like I just I think that's a really good I mean and a very applicable quote to all kinds of things you know it fits the book but it, it's got bigger meaning to me so those are my well thank you and that's really um thank you for the compliments and uh i i do agree that does sound like a t-shirt doesn't it but uh (laughs) i um if you notice in the very back of the book and in all the books i do i include this quote um to uh kind of my catchphrase to sum it all up rather than have that long yeah rather than have that long uh phrase on a t-shirt i just say believe in your abilities mm-hmm. it's really good yeah is there anyone out there in the audience today who's got some comments or questions and and i would just say about believing in your abilities that is what i say because people in my uh, lifetime experience, doctors, um, educators, teachers were always making lists and telling my parents what I couldn't do and telling me what I couldn't do and what I didn't do well. And that was very disheartening. So we need to start making lists of what we can do, not what we can't do. Mm. Yeah, That's very well said. Shelly. Yeah, um, thank you, Dorothy, for this talk. Um, I'm on the Marisa board, and it just makes me wonder um, how you connected with local schools, and could we be doing more to help with that? Um, I don't really uh, know how. I I can't remember how we got connected with um my uh, first school, but I do um, know that um, I was in a building today that is uh, what, what sponsored by Marisa, overseen by Marisa. I was in the Wells Township School today doing a presentation um, that was fabulous. And uh, <clears throat> I just, I put the word out there that um, that I do do school presentations uh, 
and library presentations. Uh, I put that on my website and uh, people have been really good at responding and contacting me for school visits. Plus here in Marquette, I'm lucky in that I have a, a friend that's a fourth grade teacher. So she got me in the door there. But yes, the more we can do it, the better. <laughs> Mostly been word of mouth. And it's been word of mouth too. Like one teacher will have me and then another teacher will hear about it. And I'm trying to, how did you get into Niagara, for example? But in Denise. Oh, that's right. Um, my first school presentation was connected with um, the organization that I go skiing with um, called Moving Mountains. And that's run by a couple, um, Bud and Denise Delano out of Iron Mountain. And they do school visits and they asked me to go along. That was my first school visit. And then that turned into, um, by word of mouth, that turned into being invited to Crystal Falls. Um, and I, like I said, I've done Marquette. Um, I did, um, I was at Wells Township School today. Uh, yeah, and one person read the, the really nice review that Victor did. And yeah. Contacted Dorothy. And so we would certainly, and this is dad over here talking, if nobody don't know, but we would welcome any uh, connection with Marisa or <clears throat> any organization like that that would help put the word out uh, that Dorothy you know, when she went to Niagara, she talked to the kindergarten Eight all the way 12. through 12 in different groups. And so she has a message for all of them. And also the young teachers she talks to at college and uh, already existing teachers uh, that, you know, from what she's seen it, she lived on the other side of it, the recipient of care and the recipient of um, AIDS and all that in schools. And, uh, and has an important message from that side to, to speak to uh, anybody that's willing to listen and all inspirational and encouraging. Mm -hmm. So we would be more than welcome or would welcome help. Yes. Um, I, I have, oh, oh, go ahead. Somebody uh, has a question. This is Sharon. Um, Dorothy, I, did, I haven't read your book, but I did go on your website today. Okay. And you are really an amazing young person. Um, <laughs> I've I, I watched the, the video there with you and your dad and, and the, some of the activities and what a brave little girl you were. It just really touched my heart that, um, that your parents had, so much, had such belief in you when, as you said, the doctors didn't seem to. And what, what really threw me was when I saw a picture of you in London yeah, and yes. you met uh, the fellow who played Siegfried on yes, all, all Creatures Great and Small. And I couldn't believe that. He's a major movie star. That was how, actually. How did you do that? <laughs> That's an interesting story, if you don't mind me sharing. Oh, please um, do. Because that means a lot to my heart. Um, that was actually um, an amazing opportunity I had in America. He came to America, but there's a there's an interesting um, backstory behind that. So I deal with um, B 
beyond my uh, physical disabilities, uh, the ones that you can see, the um, I had two strokes of birth and I'm affected by cerebral palsy. So, but beyond the disabilities that you can see, I deal with um, mental health challenges. I have severe anxiety disorder and OCD. And uh, when I was a teenager, um, the lovely 13 to 14 year old age, um, life was really challenging. Um, I wasn't uh, always in the best school environment. Um, and I had to deal with um, all the issues of teenage girlhood, uh, plus realizing that cerebral palsy was not going to go away. It was going to be a lifelong um, condition and I was dealing with that without, I certainly had role models in my mom and dad, but they don't know what it's like uh, to have cerebral palsy and be in my boat. So I was dealing with all that and I was having um, horrendous panic attacks. And this is where Robert Hardy comes in is that um, whenever I would have a panic attack, my mom figured out that if we turned all creatures on the TV and we turned Siegfried Farnan on, mm -hmm. it would calm me down. And I just fell in love with Siegfried Farnan and fell in love with the books. When other kids were reading Harry Potter, I was reading all creatures. Mm -hmm. um, so um, <clears throat> mom figured out that it would calm me down. And she suggested uh, that I write a letter to that. We talked about how, um, and I was like, I don't know, 13 at the time. But we talked about how people that we like on TV are portrayed by actors and what an actor was. And it, it might be cool to write a letter to Robert Hardy who portrayed Siegfried and tell him all this. So mom's pretty smart. <laughs> I started writing letters to Robert Hardy and we became pen pals. Oh, he wow. was a really nice man. Um, he's sadly passed away now, but we became pen pal uh, friends. And then one, um, one uh, day in 2015, uh, we found out that he was coming to America uh, to Hillsdale College to do a speech on Winston Churchill. And <clears throat> So my mom, again, wrote him a letter and said, you know, uh, Dorothy, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Dorothy loves writing uh, letters to you and she'd really like to meet you. And um, she doesn't, you know, she has her challenges. And so this would be a really big deal if she could meet you because she thinks you hang hanging the sun, the moon, and the stars. And she sent it off. And two weeks later, we get a phone call and it's from Hills, it's a group call and it's from Hillsdale College and Robert Hardy's office, agent's office in London, England. My mom about, 
you would have thought the queen of England called. I mean, we were just flipping out like you wouldn't believe. And uh, so he invited us to be, he invited me and then mom and dad and an aunt tagged along, but he invited me to be his special guest at this VIP only banquet. And I got to, um, he, he was so wonderful. Uh, he met me and he was so pleasant and so uh, charming and we exchanged pleasantries. And then he said, Are you, in a lovely British accent that just rocked by the way, mm -hmm. um, he said, are you sitting at my table, Dorothy? And I'm like, no, I'm not sitting at your table, Mr. Hart. Well then come on, I'm coming to sit with you. And he came and he sat with me the whole night <laughs> and told me just story after story about his life and was just such, such an, an encouragement. And that really made a difference. I wouldn't have without him because he said at the end of the night, he said, Dorothy, we're friends now. And I'm, and I'm going to keep in touch with you. Without him, I can honestly say I would never have gotten the courage. Um, he supported me going to college, um, supported uh, with emotional support. So I would have never gone to college or had many of the opportunities I've had or in fact been an author without him. And uh, this picture here is my favorite picture and it hangs, I don't know if you guys can see. Yeah. But there it hangs on the, on the wall in my living room. Yeah. So. That's amazing. He was he was just as gracious then in person as he appeared on the show. Yes. That's, oh, that's just that's I, just. Amazing. I always tell I always tell people what you saw on the show is what you got, but you also had. He was so much more. Because <laughs> he, he was, was real. So, he was real. Yeah. Thank you. Thank he you was, for sharing that. And he was funny and he was kind. And I can honestly say, besides my um, parents and, and close members of my family, I can honestly say he is the first adult that I remember actually sitting down and having a conversation with me eye to eye and not being patronizing. And he was just awesome. I could go on for hours but oh I think that's wonderful just wonderful and that you had the courage to you know to meet him and to to continue that correspondence until he passed and it's a real credit to you and to your parents well thank you you're very very welcome thank you <laughs> yes Victor oh thank you uh as you know I'm a publisher and I get a lot of questions from authors about how do I get my book illustrated? How did your partnership start with your illustrator? And how did so, you guys come up with the ideas? So, okay, there's a, a, there's a lady here named Brandy, mm -hmm. who y'all know, and she uh, hooked me up with a young man that had just graduated NMU um, called, named Matthew Forgrave. And 
this is what this young man does is illustrate um, books. And it's a, excuse me, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted um, in my head as far as illustrations go. But I, I can do the fine arts, but the visual arts, I can't draw a stick figure. So, so I kind of knew what I wanted but I wasn't quite sure how to get there. So I just um, I just had the first meeting with him via Zoom and he showed me samples of his work. And I told him, well, can you combine this style with that style? And do you think? And, and then, so I sent him some sample pages and then he, or I sent him some pages in my book and he came up with, um sample drawings and then I decided yes that's what I want um for my book books and uh of course at that point I just was focused on one book I didn't expect to write a whole series <laughs> ever <laughs> um but uh <clears throat> but then uh <clears throat> So I didn't expect to write a whole series <clears throat> ever. Uh, <clears throat> what was I? What were we talking about? Well, me and Matthew and oh, me and Ma the first book you gave me and Matthew. But so the first book, uh, I I gave him. Um, <clears throat> I knew I knew what I wanted, so I kind of gave him um, suggestions, and then he. He would take those and uh, he'd send sample drawings and we'd go back and forth till um, he got it right. Mm -hmm. And then um, my next book, I kind of gave him uh, more leeway, although I had some idea what I wanted. And, and again, he always sends me... Um, stick he calls them stick drawings but they're like pieces of art already but he calls them stick drawings and he sends a couple pages a week and I approve them or I or I edit them and I say great picture but could you add this could you take away that could you so so uh then we do that and then uh, like I said, for this, um, for the second book, I, I knew, uh, some of what I wanted, but then, um, others are just left up to him. And then by this third book, um, I have, I've completely, um, I didn't have any ideas what I wanted. I knew I wanted drawings and I knew I had the words, but I didn't, so we've so that third book has really been a, a collaboration because it's been totally left up to him what he draws and then I always give the fine I always approve them. So every every week he'll send me like three drawings and sometimes he'll send me different options of drawings. So like there'll be similar drawings, but then uh, there will be some differences. So then he'll say, do you like option one option? It's kind of like the eye doctor. Do you want <laughs> option one? Do you want option two? 
you know, and then I'll tell him. But uh, it's it's just a really fun collaboration uh, back and forth, and uh, and and Brandy helps too, and I uh, it's always fun, and I get final approval, and he can handle my perfectionistic self, so <laughs> we're good. Excellent, thank you. You're welcome. Dorothy, can you tell us a little bit about what's to come? What is in book three and four? Can you give us some hints? Okay, well, book, okay. You're getting you're getting the scoop here. You guys are lucky. <laughs> book, book three is about um, <clears throat> teaching teachers at NMU. So teaching um, Dorothy's, it's called Dorothy's Teaching Teachers. And it's about my experience um getting to um educate um third year teaching students at NME, but it's it's in children's book Born. format and and language showing that um because I always had the dream of being a teacher and due to health limitations I couldn't take the let's just say the full curriculum or the or the standard path to become a teacher. So uh, Joe Lubick heard my story though and said, Dorothy, I want you to come help me teach teachers or students that are gonna be teachers. So it's the idea that Dorothy's dream may have looked a little different than what she thought but it, it's still, I'm still getting to fulfill my dream and it still looks uh, wonderful in that. And then that's my third book. And then my fourth book is gonna be called um, Dorothy is Missing Mom. And what that's about is not only um, did I have my challenges growing up with cerebral palsy and I was in the hospital in and out of the hospital a lot and seeing a lot of doctors um but not only that I well for two things one I had a father in the military that was deployed often um so and I also had a um a mother that was um severely chronically ill with a rare illness that she still has but thank thank heaven she's um much much better now um but she was in the hospital a lot and we were separated a lot and i was i was um <clears throat> my parents were always 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 there for me and in fact my mom was a stay-at-home mom so um I spent a lot of time with her. Um, thankfully, she was a stay-at-home mom. But I did spend a lot of time um, where I was separated from my parents. And, uh, <clears throat> and um, when I was, when I, again, when I was little, there weren't um, books for uh, children whose fathers and mothers are deployed in the military. There weren't books for children whose mothers were severely, severely ill and, and 
were at the point of dying, to be blunt. So I just decided that, again, I was going to write a book about that because that's what I wish had been there for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. What is, this is becoming like a series. This is so good, you know? I call, I call it the Moose Family Series. The Moose Family Series. Oh, yeah. Oh. At least four. And like I say, I'm working on two more, but the two more I'm working on will not, I they're separate from the Moose Family Series in that they are more um, chicken soup for the soul-esque, more short stories more intended, more um, intended for adults to read, mm-hmm. um, just because uh, in, those, in those books, um, in those adult books, I tend to go into more um, details that are more appropriate for adults than they are mm-hmm. for children. And I have, I have thoughts about a couple more moose stories. <laughs> I'm always, I've, I'm always writing down ideas. So. I have a logistic question. One, sure. you know, in your book, when you're skiing, it looks like you're kind of in a little, almost like, like a little pod type thing. But then in the back, it looks, it's more like skis. So, so that that that's in the back is actually an old old timey version. Okay. That is the first Sitski that was ever invented. Oh, she's talking on the back of the book. No, she's mm-hmm. talking. Oh, she's talking that. Oh one. yeah. That's the, actually the first Sitski that was ever invented. The one I get to use is much more modern, and looks more like the pictures in the book. But I just wanted to. I just wanted. Because I found out in my research that the first um, adapted Sitski was actually invented in Michigan. So I just wanted to, um, and Brandy told us that too. So I just wanted to include that in, um, in my book as kind of a fact, but the, the ones I get to use are much more modern and are, yeah. Well, it's just that again. So the one she uses actually has two skis on the bottom and they work just like if you were standing in them. You know, when you lean, they cut in and they cut in going right and left and that. So it's made to operate just like you were standing in those skis, but then it's to keep Dorothy safe or someone that isn't mobile. Uh, Almost like being in a tight little uh, ice skate or something. You're strapped in so you can't get hurt. But, but aren't you still scared? Go down the mountain, you know, people, you don't have to have the help. People, some people do it by themselves. You know, they, they go up on the ski lift and they come down in that apparatus all by themselves. But Dorothy, aren't you scared? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm scared to death of skiing. I, I did it when I was young and now my son's doing it. And I, uh, were, I mean, it's, is it like the book? Did you really go down the roughest slope? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I didn't start out like that though. And yes, when I started, I was very scared. In fact, I thought I was crazy because um, <laughs> I, I have something called sensory disorder. So loud, sudden noises or sudden fast movements are, can be quite scary. 
And so, yes, I was terrified to go skiing. Um, just like I was terrified um, to sign up for a college course. <laughs> my first college course was ballet and I'm in a wheelchair. I mean, of course I would, you know, and of course I, I was scared, um, but, and I don't really know, I guess I must've been at PT that day and the inner daredevil in me came out or something. Cause I don't know really what inspired me to go, um, skiing. I guess I just wanted to learn more about it. Cause just the idea that, um, someone with my limited, um, cause I have quite limited mobility. Um, so the idea that somebody could, with my limited mobility could go skiing was just quite amazing. And I wanted to learn more about it. And then, so I went and I'm actually, when I go now, I'm not scared um, because the people, number one, are so wonderful. The instructors are so wonderful. And the way I'm, um, the way I'm secured in the, in the uh, sit ski, I'm, I'm strapped within an inch. So it just feels like a very tight bear hug. And it feels like, um, it feels like you can't get hurt because everything's, you're strapped in and you're, everything's strapped to you. So I, and I, um, there are, there are, um, there are people that get uh, quite advanced in in uh, um, adaptive skiing, where they learn to ski by themselves uh, in the ski. And I made it very clear. <laughs> uh, first couple lessons, I made it very clear that yes, I I want to learn and I want and I want challenges but i made it very clear i'm never going skiing without an adult tethered to me and there's always um when i'm skiing there's there's an adult tethered to me and then there's also another adult that um stands by the instructor and um is just there just purely as a safety okay. um just purely as a safety and that's a huge comfort and then uh on the mound they also have really really good ski patrol and uh sure i i've fallen um but but it's never been um it's never been scary uh to i've never gotten hurt um i did fall off the ski lift once as uh, we were getting off the ski chair. I fell off the the ski. The ski fell off the ski chair. Mm. That was a bit frightening. Um, but once again, the ski patrol was right there, and they checked my um, they checked my head, and to make sure I didn't have a head injury, and made sure I felt fine. And then I was right right back out skiing, and then. It helps too if you learn, like they teach you how um, to fall correctly so that um, you minimize injury and they teach you um, certain words to say to let them know um, I'm alive, <laughs> first of all, 
is a good is a good thing to um to know and then certain words um so that you can quickly say if you're hurt and where you're hurt and they've got it so well organized that no i'm not i'm not scared anymore but of course the first time i was really scared yeah <laughs> i think if people uh go to your website i think uh there's video of you going down the hill right yeah no, that was and, my first uh, time down the hill uh, yeah, I think I saw you tumble once, but I, I, I'd like to say, too, that you are very articulate. And when you talk about your book, you sound like a pro. You sound like you have been doing this for 20 years. Yes. Um, you you're just wonderful. I can just imagine you speaking, you know, to the students, uh, to the student teachers, to the children. Um, you're just a treasure, an absolute treasure, Dorothy. Well, thank you. Not to toot my own horn, but the other day I was at a school and somebody asked me, um, I, I was interacting with the children and somebody um, came up to me afterwards and said, are you sure you don't possess a teaching degree? Because I swear you've been teaching for like 20 years. I'm like, no, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'd yeah. like to say, it's very clearly that you're gifted. You're very gifted. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed this evening. My goodness, you are a treasure. Keep going. <laughs> thank I you. To say, going off what Sharon was saying, because uh, I'm Dorothy's editor for her books, and I work with several children's authors and adult authors, and that, and I wish everyone was as easy to work with and wrote as well as Dorothy did. She makes my job easy. Well, thank so it's not you. Sharon, you're, you're spot on with being super talented. Well, thank you. I just wanna say that my grandchildren were visiting when I had your book here and they both really enjoyed it. We got a lot of good discussions out of reading the book together. Thank you for writing it. Well, thank you. That's awesome. That's why I wrote the book is is for enjoyment, but not only enjoyment, but for discussions that need to be had and and to inspire others. So that's what it's all about. So thank you. Oh, just so you don't miss it, we did have a couple of things on the chat. Because I know on Zooms, sometimes you're talking and people put things on the chat and you can't read the chat and talk. So Right. And I'm I'm visually impaired too. So yeah, any <laughs> help I can get. <laughs> so um Francis or Mary Francis said that her daughter teaches kindergarten in Montana and her teacher's aides in a wheelchair. I know my son um went to Bible camp this summer and his counselor was in a wheelchair. So awesome. I think you're right. More representation is always good. And then Deborah K. Frontera, who's another UP author like yourself, said, um, keep up the good work. She had to go to another meeting, but she will see you at the conference in June. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, I know Deborah, so. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Yeah, been and, um, and I also, I do have several appearances coming up. Um, the 24th, I do have um, Peter White Library is hosting an, a Meet the Author event for me at 4.30. Um, 
and then on the 27th they have a what do they call it project publish and that's for a group for children that are interested in um writing their own books and i was um i was given samples of of uh students writing today at um at what school were we at wells and i can tell you the young people put us <laughs> are us to shame uh but uh so but anyway i have um project published coming up and then um i do have um i will be at the mother's day tv6 craft show in marquette mm -hmm. and then i'm doing several events downstate uh reading rocks in rockford. rockford i'll be at that um so yeah i i have ton never a dull moment around here and then i'll be at the thanksgiving craft show and then then i'm off on a disney cruise for going on a disney cruise for christmas so that's amazing Dorothy can go on a disney cruise there we go exactly exactly <laughs> next book there we go <laughs> well i just have to thank you for tonight and oh, thank you Dad, I hope you're listening. I want to thank you too, because I obviously you set her up here on the computer and you are, I think probably a big part of getting her around the whole world doing these events. Yes, he is. He's my keep. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for sharing her with us because you guys look like a good team. We are. <laughs> and a team lives on. We're going to keep on, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, she gives me uh Proud dad moments every single day. <laughs> yeah. Right? All right. And, well, and, you. and you're also the dad ATM, right? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, dad. So, yeah. It is. You know, can I add one thing as we're closing out here? Sure. Make me think, you know, because I've observed Dorothy her whole life. I've been there every moment I could, you know, when Uncle Sam didn't have me somewhere. But one of the things that I think is unique and Dorothy tries to say it in the books, is special people came into her life at the right time. You know, the, the dancing, you know, all her life she was told, you, you can't dance. And in fact, that's the title of their first book. When she came home one day as a child, you know, dad, they're making fun of me. Well, my advice to her was dance your dance and sing your song. If it makes you happy, then they need to look away. You do what makes you happy and doesn't hurt anyone else. And she didn't forget that advice as a young child. And then, but Miss Jill Grunstrom over at NMU came into her life. They had never had a child with a disability in the college ballet. And they said, sure, Dorothy, you can join. And she had never experienced that because most places, and they would say, go sit in the corner, don't get hurt. What are you thinking? You're in a wheelchair. Or you, you can call and try to sign up for lessons and they just hang up the phone. You know, and so... When Dorothy, that first class, Dorothy got there very concerned about, am I going to be the audience sitting in the corner? And she said to the teacher, I don't know what I'm doing. And the teacher said, neither do I, but together we're going to learn how to include you in this ballet class, not take anything away from the rest of the other students. And then the same with the skiing on the mountain, it was Bud and Denise, the confidence that they built in us, that they were going to keep our child safe. Okay. And the 
that Dorothy felt, you know, they're truly angels on earth, but these people that come into our lives and Dorothy's life at the right time, you know, I believe in divine intervention. And then Robert Hardy. <clears throat> and like Robert Hardy with his encouragement and, and stuff. But that's in a lot of these, as we encourage Dorothy, the naysayers were almost overwhelming us sometimes, the people that you will never be a teacher. Dorothy. Yeah, and the, and the naysayers, I might add, were special educators in the public school system. Oh, my that was the saddest thing. They were mostly adults that told Dorothy, you will never and be a teacher. By you the, will never by the way, school. also, their supervisors knew about it because I made sure they knew about it, and they didn't do a thing. In fact, when I I finally told my dad about what was going on, and when he went in to the to the yeah. superintendent of schools, um, the the person looked at him and said, "Well, we'd prefer if Dorothy advocated for herself." And my dad said, "She did, and you didn't listen." So yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Sad thing is, all the way up, superintendent knew about it and wasn't willing to do anything about it until dad had to get intervened. But the point I'm trying to make is it's the people that come into our life sometimes that add that extra encouragement, that extra belief in you, that extra positivity, you know, not not just wild like you're going to fly to the moon someday, but the reality of we can adapt enough of that dance class for you to participate, Dorothy, and we'll learn together how to do it. And that person's a significant friend of ours yet to this day. And so are Bud and Nisa that. So there's, if you will, dad's part on this. But yeah, she does give her dad proud dad moments every day. <laughs> You're going to see me cry in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this well, is this, is, this is Uncle David. And um, I just want to say um, I love you and you inspire me, Dorothy. Well, I love you and thank you. Hopefully, um, maybe I'll see you uh, later this year. Okay. We hope so. We would love it. I would love it too. Yeah. Thanks. Well, it's thank been you. A wonderful time. Yes, it was a really enjoyable evening. And Dorothy, I do hope you come to more of our chats now that you're an author. A lot of our authors, once they come, you know, and do their talk, they're kind of hooked. <laughs> Keep listening to other authors, so you get maybe even some more support and encouragement because that's one thing. I've learned, you know, from Victor and working in this book club is that you authors need each other. You do a lot for each other and you do a lot for us, the readers. So we're so happy that you talked to us tonight and I hope you have a good evening. Well, thank you and sign me up. Okay. All right. We'll see you next month. We're going to be talking um, about, before I forget, um, we're going to be, we're reading a picture book. The Big Island, a story of Isle Royal. And we will be talking to John Shorner, who is the son of Julian May, who um, wrote the book. So that's going to be it. We're always the second Thursday, six o'clock central, seven o'clock Eastern time. Okay. So everybody, hope you have a good night. Thank you, Dorothy. Thank you, Brandy and Victor for putting, helping us put on the You've been watching the UP Notable Books Club, brought to you by the Upper Peninsula Publisher and Authors Association. To join or for more information, please visit us at www.upa.org or www.upnotable.com.